What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. So, uh, I did a podcast with the the dudes from Test Depth. Um, I think it was like a week ago or something like that. And one of the things that came up uh, was this saying, uh, "Walk and talk," that uh, that he used during the podcast. That I it struck me because it was it was such a good way of expressing the concept of existing within an organizational structure and simultaneously trying to change it for the better and and like being able to to do both of those things at the same time and so what do i mean by that i mean like one of the examples that i use is like the enlisted evaluation system right so I think it's universally understood that it's broken and the Navy's revising it may or may not be for the better. I, I don't know. Um, we'll have to see in, in practical real life application, even if it sounds good, but it's, it's one of those things people like to point at as an excuse for sailors not being recognized appropriately or sailors not being uh, taken care of or whatever. And as a result, not promoting and, uh, instead of like figuring out a way to leverage that system to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, a lot of people just kind of shrug and just, oh, it's broken. Evals are a joke. They don't mean anything. It's a popularity contest, blah, blah, blah. If you instead <laughs> take the time to deeply understand how that system works, what all the mechanisms are, like what all levers are available for you to pull, like, all the intricacies and nuances of writing the, especially the write-up um, of what it takes to get an early promote, what that even means in the enlisted evaluation manual, which a lot of people aren't aware that when you give somebody an early promote, you're not saying they're ready for the next pay grade immediately. You're saying they're ready for the next next pay grade immediately. So in the in the eval manual, an early promote means that a chief's ready to be a master chief, which is insane. I don't know why it's written that way, but it is. And it's important that you understand that like there's all these things in that book that you that you need to be aware of. You need to understand all the circumstances that an eval is written for, why it's written that way, like et cetera. Like there's a ton of a ton of nuance and just detail to it that a lot of people don't understand. And if you take the time to really study that manual, which you know it's not fun reading. I get it, but because I've because I've done it, I've studied that book. Um, what you'll get out of it is a lot of knowledge that you weren't even aware existed, but also you'll get a a depth and breadth of understanding of a really really important system that you can then leverage to take care of your people. And yes, we all understand universally, in my opinion, that it's broken. It's not structured or in a way that best articulates who the best people are and like who needs to be promoted now and who doesn't and stuff like that. However, there's a way that you can leverage the system in its current iteration to make sure your sailors are best positioned to advance, right? And so how do you do that? Well, and I'm going to keep continue on with this example and it's going to probably sound a little bit like a how to promote episode, but I'll get to the, to the rest of it, to the, to the talking part, right? The walking and talking. But so like the, 
the walking piece of it for me is you have to understand that the Navy's not going to change just because you want it to, at least not immediately. And the, the systems exist how they are right now. So we have to use what we have available to us. Those are the tools we have. We have to use them. So how can we best use those tools to take care of our sailors? Well, there's a lot of ways, right? Like you can study that manual in depth, right? And an example that I like to use a lot is at one point, I had a sailor that made chief when she made chief she was pregnant and it was a complicated pregnancy that she was on bed rest and needed to be monitored all the time like she was admitted to the hospital on bed rest so there's this long period of time not just from that pregnancy but also from uh like the recovery time and uh maternity leave that she was not at work right a long like almost half of the reporting period so I was looking at that and I'm like, how do I record this in a way that it doesn't penalize her? Like she was a a great instructor, uh, like a great sailor. Um, And I wanted to make sure that it was understood that like the only reason I don't have more documented performance, even though she was attached to the command, is that it was she was on maternity leave and had a complicated pregnancy. So I had to figure out how to do that. And so I got in the book. Um, a lot of people told me a lot of not accurate information. I got a lot of a lot of tribal knowledge that was very inaccurate about how you document those things. And what I ended up coming out with was it, much like when you first report to a command, uh, even though you're attached, technically you're able to put like leave, tem do, whatever on the front, letting letting everybody know, letting the board member know, the selection board member know that that sailor was not attached to the command. The same thing happened to me when I was sick with cancer, where it was like I had five months of a reporting period where I wasn't at work. And I went up and talked to a yeoman senior chief and said, hey, (laughs) I want to make sure my eval reflects this because it looks like I didn't do that much during this reporting period. And it's not because I was, you know, I'm lazy. It's not because I wasn't working hard. It's because I was a little busy at the time. And so I told him, I'm like, I'm pretty sure based on that prior experience that you can just put leave, time do whatever. I forget the the whole travel, I think, is the other piece of it, where you're, you're documenting it on the front of the eval. And I'd, I'd have to look up the block, but it's where your primary duty and collateral duties and stuff are. Um, it's like the last thing in there. It says leave, tem, do travel, I think. And it's all in caps and like it's abbreviated in, a, in some sort of way. But anyway, it uh, it's telling the board member that even though when you look at the reporting period for like your it, the evals from this date to this date, that could be much longer, that it lets the board member know that even though that that reporting period is 12 months or however long, that for however much time is documented as leave, tem, do travel, that... Um, that you will that you weren't there like that you weren't attached to the unit you were somewhere else doing something else and so that period of performance isn't documented on this eval so it kind of lets them know like okay yeah it might be a 12-month eval but only six months of it was actual performance so it 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 lets them know that if block 43 or in the case of chief eval like it's like block 40 something i forget i really should know that off off of my head but i don't um it's it lets them know that hey it's only a five-month eval. And that's really important for somebody that's in that position, right? It's really important that that chief is not penalized going forward 
because it looks like she didn't do much in a in 12-month ranked eval because she was hospitalized and then subsequently on maternity leave. And so I took the time to read the book, figured out that I could do that. And then in my case, I had to argue with the subject matter expert and send them excerpts from the enlisted evaluation manual to make sure they understood, hey, no, this needs to be on my eval to make sure that the board knows that I wasn't just lazy this reporting period. I was a little busy with something. And I can't directly put in there like, hey, I had cancer, leave me alone. I had to just document it as that. Like I whatever performance was there, they documented, but understand that this eval is missing five months of performance because I was on convalescent leave. Um, so understanding that mechanism, like taking the time to study that book and understand how that works, I could make sure that that sailor is well taken care of. If I don't take the time to do that and I'm just dismissive of it because the system's broken, well, is it is it all the system? Like some of that accountability falls on the leadership, like to understand and be able to leverage the system to take care of your peoples where it might taking the time to study that book put me in a position to make sure that broken or not, the only thing I'm going to allow to hold that sailor back, if at all, is that the system is broken, but everybody's working with the same broken system, right? Air quotes broken, right? So like, everybody's at the same handicap in that regard, but they don't need to be then set up to fail because I don't put the effort in to make sure their eval is constructed in a way that puts them in the best position to succeed. And you can do that by being very familiar with things like the precepts, the convening order, the enlisted career path. There's all these documents that point you towards what the selection board's looking for, which then dictates to you like, okay, this is how you write a better eval. I can tell you now that I've sat a selection board, I gained a lot of perspective in how I would write evals going forward, which I don't think it'd be wildly different, but there's definitely some tweaks I would make. Understanding how the board works, and for more detail on that, I have the How to Make Chief Kind of episode, and it, I, I deep dive into, into that process. But like, you need to understand that there are all these mechanisms out there for you to leverage, for you to get all this knowledge and and share in the experience by learning from people like me or any other selection board member that has that experience too, to best prepare your sailor to advance by curating that eval in a way that it caters to the selection board. It makes sure everything's documented, everything's visible, it's written in a way where all the things that need to be communicated are communicated so that as a selection board member, I have everything I could possibly need to make sure that I give all the credit I possibly can to that sailor for doing the things that they did. And that's going to set them up to succeed. That's going to set them up to advance in the best way possible. So when you're looking at a system like that, the eval system, and then subsequently the the advancement system in certain ways, um, the best possible thing you can do, even though we can point at it and be like, ah, oh, it's broken. Like the quota-driven advancement system, ah, oh, it's broken. Uh, not the right the pe- right people don't advance. I, I know a guy that that's just bad at taking exams, but he's the best mechanic I've ever seen. Okay, well, that's meritorious advancement. The Navy's trying to correct that as well because the best person the best position person to decide who should advance is the person directly monitoring their performance. So commanding officer via recommendations. So there's things like that being put into place, but also if you teach your sailors that the best way that they can affect their own advancement is by studying for the exam because there's 80 points on the table, which is more than anything else on your eval, like eat like, or on your uh, profile sheet, like your eval is a huge part of it too, but it seems like people inordinately 
put like put focus on their eval like oh i didn't get an ep so i didn't advance like you cut a 60 on the exam i'm not saying that's bad but you left 20 points on the table and you only missed it by 11 so why didn't you advance because you didn't do good enough on the exam like you had control over that so if you prepare in the right way and 80 points isn't a perfect exam score it's a better than everyone else exam score when graded on a curve like you don't have to get every question right to get all those points you just have to do better than everyone else (laughs) so think about what that could mean like that could mean you got a 75 on the test and everybody else got a 74 below so you and i've i I know this because i've gotten an 80 on two advancement exams in my career i did it on the second class and the first class exam and all i did was study really hard and i definitely didn't get all the answers right right i should post that on instagram i'm gonna see if i can find one of my profile sheets and i'll put it on social media so that you guys can see like that it's real and that's possible and you can also see how many questions i got wrong and still got all those points but the point is (laughs) see what i did there little pun but (laughs) accidentally it's the point is you need to understand how the system works in order to leverage it correctly. Because I could also tell you stories about how I reviewed a sailor's profile sheet and an ESO didn't do their job correctly and there were points missing because they didn't compute all the eval promotion ratings and I got a sailor promoted. Or the one you most commonly hear of is they were missing award points because they just it wasn't all on the profile sheet and the sailor themselves weren't informed enough on the process to recognize it when they reviewed their profile sheet. They just sign where they're told told to sign and move on with life. So being as educated as you can and as informed as you can on these processes puts you in a position to leverage whatever this mechanism is, however like ineffective you think it is, however broken you think it is, however stupid you think it is, puts you in the best possible position to leverage that system to take care of your sailors. So what's the talk part? The talk part is what I do on this podcast, ironically, right? It's you can understand and and act on learning all you can about the system that you hate and leveraging the system that you hate to best take care of your sailors while simultaneously hating it, while simultaneously talking about how broken it is and providing feedback and and talking about how we can do things better and how the system doesn't work and try to add as much value as you can to that and the, and add the the recognition that hey this this system is broken and this is why it's so important that you learn everything you can about the system so that you can leverage it to take care of your people it's like you 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 can't do one without the other like the the talking is not only your expressing your frustration and your desire for change and even maybe communicating how you believe you could productively change it or how the organization could productively change it and, and move forward but also it's the recognition that the thing doesn't work right because there might i mean there might be people out there that think the eval system's great i don't know <laughs> i i can't i've never met any of them but like it's possible but there are things out there there are there are mechanisms out there like i could tell you there's plenty of people in the navy that think the chief's mess is working just fine and i disagree and i think there's a lot of things we could do to be far far better as an organization and as individuals talking about it is the recognition that there's a problem and it's my advocacy for change and and for solutions but i also understand that it is what it is and it does what it does and it's going to function how it functions until maybe like myself is a catalyst for change maybe collectively myself and a bunch of other people are whatever i don't know like it, 
whatever the catalyst for change is, whether I'm a part of it or not, I understand that it is what it is and it does what it does currently. And I need to learn everything I can about the inner workings of that system so that I can leverage it to take care of my people. And if you think about that for a second as a leader and as a chief in the Navy, it's like there's a lot that happens behind the closed doors of the mess that while I might not think it should happen that way, it's going to happen that way anyway. And if I want to best take care of my people, I need to figure out how that works and I need to be able to, to productively leverage it to take care of my people. So you need to be able to walk and talk. Like you need to be able to function within that system productively so that your people are well taken care of because that's your only job. But you also need to be talking about like why the stuff doesn't work, how you think it should change. And that doesn't mean like you're screaming at the people all the time telling them that this thing's broken and it needs to change because it's going to that's going to interfere with your productivity in functioning within that system but there's a time and place to have those conversations like i i do think productive conversations should be happening during like chief's training or even just in the mess when you guys are drinking a cup of coffee sitting there talking about like man i really think we could do drbs better and like i'm not a fan of like how this works and why it why it happens this way and and that i think we should be just like looking for a root cause and like what need isn't being met for that sailor and then and then working to identify how we can meet that need so that going forward that sailor doesn't have this problem again and doesn't end up at another drb because the accountability process is happening around us already right they're already going to njp like more than likely um so that that's already happening i don't need to pile on i don't need to make them feel worse about who they are i need to figure out how they ended up here in the first place what's the root cause what need wasn't being met for you that caused you to violate the ucmj and what can we do to to shore that up? Like, what can we do to meet that need for you so that you're a valuable contributing member of the team going forward and we never have to have this conversation again? Next time you're in here, it's because you're getting mapped or it's a sale of the quarter board or something. So those are the types of conversations that I believe you should be having. That's your talking. But walking is being able to function within that ecosystem to take care of your people. And I'm not going to deep dive into how to do that with the the mess itself, uh, at least on this podcast, because it would take forever uh, to go through all that. But maybe I should. Um, I'm actually going to write that down. But um, it's it's something that I think is a really important skill that I I, I don't know that I've ever talked about. I mean, I've, I've probably talked about it in abstract, but it's it's really important that you understand that you need to be able to walk and talk. And that was, I really loved the way um, that, that my test depth brethren <laughs> communicated that. Um, it was, it, when he, as soon as he said it, I was just like, oh, I love that. Um, and if you haven't checked out that episode, go check out uh, Only on the Midwatch podcast. It's done by the test depth folks, who is a submarine apparel brand that you guys should definitely check out as well. But yeah, the, the knowing that this is necessary, the recognition that, you can and should do both and then actually doing it are tremendous like you you there's a lot of people out there that recognize problems and that vocalize their recognition of those problems they vocalize their disagreement and and show it in through their actions but they don't figure out how to exist in the current system in order to best take care of their people. And in doing that, what you'll find sometimes is that you can, you can, in, in leveraging that system, you can 
change it a little bit. Like, so uh, I just wrapped up a podcast with a guy that you, it'll, you'll see it the week after this one. Um, the He's an HTC that it does a podcast called Two Dummies Podcast. You guys should check that out as well. But um, he was talking about how he took over for a DCC that got uh, injured and was running like the damage control drills. And in doing so was able to inject a lot of real life stuff into the drills and the chain of command backed him up. So like he was able to make the process significantly better, even though that's not the way it was technically designed at the time. Um, he be, by virtue of him taking it over, he discovered that he was able to inject realism and, and like new challenges into it to make the training as realistic as possible. So when you find yourself deep diving into some kind of mechanism, some kind of process and learning about it, what you'll be surprised by <laughs> is sometimes there's some information in that book that addresses the thing that you hate so much. And maybe you can at least make it a little better, if not completely remedy the situation, because now you're aware, because now you have a deep, intricate, in-depth knowledge of that system so that you're then able to leverage it to best take care of your people. And sometimes that best taking care of people means that the way that it's been done for a long period of time based on tribal knowledge or just lack of information wasn't even correct. And the system actually allows for correcting the deficiency you're so upset about. Um, you'll be surprised how much leeway there is in there. As long as you're not directly violating policy, you you don't generally have wiggle room in your managing or leading or application of a program. So that's another reason why it's, it, it loops back around from talking to walking. You got to get in there study that thing, get the in-depth knowledge so that you can then best leverage the system. And a lot of times what you'll find is you're not best leveraging that system. And that's part of the reason why you're so upset about it. So uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a really great premise and a, a great way of like kind of like putting a tagline on it almost just like putting it, it, it clarified it for me in a way that I felt like needed to be talked about where it's like you need to be able to walk and talk. Um, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't go up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't go up the ship podcast. Or you can DM us on Instagram, Reddit, Discord. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> I always, there's so many now, I just get confused. At DGUS Podcast. Uh, if you would like, share, subscribe, review, and all the things, all the platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you're listening to us on. Um, share the content on social media, stuff like that. And then subscribe and follow us on social media or like us and follow us. Yeah, that that and share stuff and that <laughs> I'm clearly proficient at these things. And then, uh, if you, do, if you aren't already aware, don't give up the ship apparel. We launched an apparel brand. It's kind of a, we're creating our own sponsorship slash future business for when I retire slash, I just thought it'd be cool. So <laughs> go check that out. Uh, pick up some heritage and pride gear. You'll actually wear in public. Follow us on social media for that at Dguts apparel or don't give up the ship apparel on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I mean it, if you, if you could support us in that way, it would be gigantic. And, uh, also like share subscribe like just get, get help get, help us get that out there too like share it on social media tag your friends take pictures wearing it and tag us um we'd love to see anyone out there wearing the the gear and just like letting us know what you think about it and then if you have any ideas for it for something you want to see especially for your warfare community or rate or whatever um i want to do something for everyone eventually so uh communicate that to us as well and uh and that's it that's what i got for you today thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs> <laughs>